The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The advice given on this show is for informational purposes only. It is not intended as investment advice. Please consult a financial advisor before undertaking any investment decisions. While the show's producers have tried to provide accurate and timely information and have relied on sources they believe to be reliable, the show may include inadvertent technical or factual inaccuracies. Ken Smith and Ethan Broga do not warrant the accuracy or completeness of the materials provided and expressly disclaim any warranties or merchantability or fitness for a particular purpose. You are now about to take a journey with professional advisors Ken Smith and Ethan Broga on Empirical Investing Radio. Fasten your seatbelts. You're going to need them. Just because the hosts have a sense of humor does not mean their advice won't change your life. Good afternoon and welcome to Empirical Investing Radio. I'm your host, Ken Smith, Certified Financial Planner and CEO of Seattle-based wealth management firm, Empirical Wealth Management. The show is designed to teach you how to make better investment and financial planning decisions. Today, I have a special guest, Stephen Guichard, who is a chartered financial analyst and one of the head portfolio managers at Empirical Wealth Management. Good afternoon, Steve. Good afternoon, Ken. Thanks for having me on the show. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us. I know you're usually extremely busy in our research and uh, portfolio management process. Well, it's good to be on. Yeah. Well, today, Steve, um, I'm excited to uh, tap into your vast array of knowledge about some of the investment strategies that we we implement here, Um, some ideas um, that uh, I have some things in mind I want to talk about, tax strategies, how we implement... uh, tax minimization in our portfolio process so our listeners can ask themselves if they're if they're doing some of the same things and maybe uh implement some of these money-making ideas that we have well that's going to be one of my favorite topics so cool cool well before we get to that steve and i want to talk a little bit more about you and your credentials and what they mean and what you do here at the firm i like to give out our contact information uh you can reach if you have a question for the show a comment for the show an idea, um, or you want to talk to us, get in touch with us about working with us as a client. Um, if you're an individual investor out there looking to develop a retirement strategy and a portfolio management strategy, we've talked about numerous times in the show, we're fee-only, fiduciary-type advisors, um, and we do hourly financial planning, but we also do ongoing wealth management, investment management that we do. You can reach us for any of those reasons at contact at empiradio.com. That's contact at empiradio.com. The number uh, for our, we have a voicemail set up for the show that you can call. It's 1-800-254-0398. That's 
888-888-0398. If you want to leave a message with a question or idea again for the show, if you want to contact me uh, or Steve or Ethan uh, directly here at our at the Empirical Wealth Management Firm, you can contact us at 1-800-923-4307. I just want to remind everyone we're offering our listeners, uh, if you call in um, right now, we're offering to do a free retirement analysis for you, kind of a portfolio checkup where we'll take a look at Basically, what we do for most of our our clients on an ongoing basis and as they start with us is get an assessment of where they're currently at, what financial assets they have, liabilities, what they need to do to meet their goals, what their goals are, and then we'll take a look and see if they're on the right track. How much money do you need to save? What kind of return do you need to get? And then we'll look at your portfolio and see if there's weaknesses we can bring to the table. We're offering you to do that for free, and if you're one of the first callers, uh, on today's show, we're also giving out books. So if you if you call in or or shoot us a quick email, um, Ethan's excited about. He's not here with us today, but he's excited about giving out investment uh, education materials. It's a big big movement in our firm to educate individuals on how to make smarter financial decisions. So we give out a lot of books. Okay, Steve. Again, glad to have you on. I, why don't you tell us, tell the, uh, the, our listeners a little bit about what you do here at the firm and a little bit about what a chartered financial analyst is. Okay. Well, my role here at the firm <clears throat> is twofold. I'm an investment analyst, and that is basically compiling investment research for the firm and the firm's investment committee. Um, and the investment committee is how it's a group of uh, the, the partners of the firm and myself, and we make the, the investment decisions that uh, affect all our clients' accounts. And as well, I'm also a portfolio manager here, and that that role is taking the investment ideas and implementing them in the client accounts, which involves trading. Um, and one of the, the credentials that kind of qualifies me for this role is I'm a chartered financial analyst, which uh, is the the premier designation for um, financial analysts, and it's pre- pretty difficult. It's a it's a three year process in order of a series of exams, and uh, the success rates are actually pretty low for each exam. So that it, um, that prepared me pretty well for for this role. All right, and uh, you know, there's a lot of um, a lot of credentials out there in our industry. You know, they, a lot of people refer to it as alphabet soup. There's all these different things, CFPs or CFAs, and then there's a whole long laundry list. But <clears throat> my advice to you, if you're out there looking for financial advisors, there's two pretty important designations that most of the other ones tend to fall under or are components of. And one is if he's if your advisor is doing financial planning or the firm as itself is, the certified financial planning designation in my opinion, it's what it's the standard I hold my advisors to to get. Um, there are a lot of other reasonable credentials along the way to that, but I think that's something that I would be looking for. And if someone was running my investments the chartered financial analyst designation is something that I that I would love to see, you know, inside the firm. So we're excited to to have your your knowledge uh, and your experience with us, Steve. Thanks, Ken. You also have a degree in in uh, applied mathematics and economics. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. Yeah, um, which comes in really handy with a lot of the things that we do on the statistical side. So, yeah, it can get pretty quantitative. So yeah, well, Steve, let's let's talk about. Um, <clears throat> Let's talk about some of the things that we're doing in portfolios. And I I subscribe to a bunch of periodicals, partially to stay abreast of 
um, the types of financial information that gets out, you know, that, that are out there. And so smart money, they're not typically periodicals that we actually base any of our portfolio management on. Uh, we more like to monitor them to see what individual investors are, are getting or seeing. I, I would assume most analysts don't don't get their ideas from Smart Money or Forbes or those types <laughs> of places. Um, but it is interesting to see, and then sometimes it gives us food for thought here on uh, topics. So one of the topics was, uh, you know, the idea that um, tax uh, lowering your tax bill, and it talked a little bit um, about – some analysts say affluent investors will soon pay higher taxes on bonds and dividends uh, because the, the Bush tax cuts, which had some preferential treatment in terms of lower lower than lower capital gains rates and uh, special tax treatment on dividends, right, Steve? Uh, uh, yeah, ordinary qualified dividends. So what was set to happen in 2011 with those dividends is what? Well, what's set to happen is that the dividend dividends are going to all dividends are going to get treated at the same rate as income. Whereas, uh, since the Bush tax cuts, they've been treated at the preferential capital gains rate, which could save some investors as much as 20% on their tax bill. Um, so, of course, it's all kind of up in the air at this point. It's difficult to predict what Congress will do. But um, it's definitely a good idea to plan for the potential to be paying a lot higher taxes on dividends. Even with, even with the, uh, the recent election here a few days ago, um, at the time of us recording this anyway. Um it's not it's not exactly clear yet what's gonna happen with if the Bush if some of these tax uh uh some of these tax cuts are gonna be made permanent or not. I mean there's a better chance of it because there's the the Republicans took control of the House. But uh there's no there's no guarantees. Yeah, some people powerful some powerful people in Washington want it to happen, some powerful people in Washington don't want it to happen. It'll be interesting to see yeah. who wins. It's gonna be an interesting battle. So I think our view, Steve, is there's a lot of things to do when you're structuring your portfolio to um, to minimize taxes, and that's that's you know we we talk a lot, uh, Steve, and here in the firm about well, let's always try to focus on things that are controllable, um, that we know have a uh, can have a very large impact on returns over over an investor's lifetime, right? And taxes is one of those costs. Any cost um, associated. To a portfolio, whether it's expenses in the in the investments that you're using, um, or taxes. So, what are some of the things that we do, Steve, in our in our day to day work as advisors, that that uh, probably most individuals out there that are kind of doing things on their own probably aren't considering. Well, I mean, it's a huge long list of of tax uh, strategies that we use. Um, I think tax strategies basically come down to two different things. Either one. Uh, you want to pay a lower rate on your taxes, and that could be trying to pay the long-term capital gains rate rather than the short-term capital gains rate, um, which for some investors, that could be the difference between 15% and 35% tax bill. Um, and the other thing, the other main part of the strategy is to try and delay your taxes. It's always better to pay taxes 10 or 20 years from now than to pay it tomorrow. Um, and that... Why one, is that, Steve? Well, for a lot of reasons. Um the the main one is that a dollar today is obviously worth more than a dollar in ten years or twenty years, even at today's low interest rates, um, and then especially when your these dollars come down your investments because your investments will compound at a, uh, a much higher rate than um, you know a savings account for example, and so it can actually when you run the numbers it can be pretty significant uh, to delay your tax bill and okay. another reason 
people speculate about is uh, given the national debt, uh, taxes might be higher in the future. In fact, they're slated to be higher next year than they are today. Yeah. Um, but so that, that's maybe something to think about on, a, on the other side. But I think almost everyone will agree it's better to pay your taxes in the future than it is now. Okay. Well, let's keep talking about this tax idea, um, Steve. So continue on. Where one thing is, you we want to we want to reduce it, but we also want to defer it. Is That's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got we've got numerous ways of thing or numerous things that we're thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, let me throw out the idea of um, in this article in the, they're talking about um, you know things like putting bonds in high dividend stocks and one type of account versus a different type of account. What are some of the things that um, that we do? Oh, okay. Um, probably the biggest thing that we do and that any investor can do, and if you're going to think about one thing when you're thinking about lowering your taxes, it's to trade less often. Uh, the tax code is definitely set up to prefer investors that are in their, in their assets for a, a longer period of time than those who are trading often. Um, so we buy investments... Um, we buy mutual funds, exchange-traded funds that trade uh, not frequently at all. Um, mm-hmm. And what that means is, one, you're going to be paying generally your long-term capital gains on any gains rather than short-term capital gains. And two, you defer your taxes until the future. Okay. Um, and so not only do we buy funds that do that, but we also hold our funds for as long as possible. Um, we're not moving in and out of funds just because uh, we think this one's better, so we're going to sell all our client assets out of this other fund and create all these gains and move it to a different fund. Um, so that, that's probably the, for our listeners out there, I think that's the most important thing to, to, to think about. Um, Steve, we got to take a quick break. Um, we're going to spend a lot of time today for the rest of the show talking about ways of managing your tax bill. Um, and ways that we think are, are very prudent ways to do it. Um, they, one of the things, well, well, we'll be right back and we'll talk about it. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll free, 866 472 5790. 866 472 5790. Voice America Business Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. 
the incidence of autism has increased at an alarming rate. Approximately 1 in 150 children are affected by autism, giving autism the undesired ranking as the most prevalent childhood developmental disorder in the U.S. 67 children will be diagnosed today. That is nearly one child every 20 minutes. Autism One, a conversation of hope, brought to you by Enzymedica, hosted by Terry Aranga, illuminates how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Autism is treatable and given appropriate therapies, children are recovering. With well-known researchers and doctors, members of Congress, and expert service providers from a wide range of disciplines, Terry offers interviews and insights highlighting the progress in areas related to autism spectrum disorders such as biomedical research and treatment, communication, education, and behavioral modalities, sociological and philosophical issues, and legislative advocacy and insurance concerns. Autism One, a conversation of hope, broadcasts each Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Autism One, a conversation of hope. Through education and conversation, there is hope. What would you do if you knew that you could not fail? The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Dr. Pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists, environmentalists, educators, business leaders, inventors, filmmakers, authors, artists, mystics, and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts. This award-winning radio show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world. Tune in every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific for the Dr. Pat show with Dr. Pat Basile, radio to thrive by. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. All right. Welcome back to Empirical Investing Radio. You've got Ken Smith here. And Stephen Gishard here. Stephen Gishard joining us today. We're talking a lot about taxes. There's a recent, as you probably know, the recent election. Um, we've got things looming here um, in terms of tax, the tax, uh, Bush tax cuts expiring. And so we're talking about capital gains rates. And and uh, and we're talking a little bit with Steve, one of our lead portfolio managers and uh, investment analysts here at Empirical Wealth Management, Talking a little bit about the things we've always done to minimize taxes for our clients that if you're not doing, you should consider um, or find someone like us who can help you implement these strategies because over a long period of time, taxes, I mean, you can really get hammered uh, by, by taxes, Steve. Um, they're kind of the hidden, kind of like inflation. They're not always out in front of you, but they slowly erode your wealth. So we're talking about it because it's important. And in the context of, you know, we're, I was looking at an article here in Smart Money, and I, I want to talk about some of the advice that, that's given in these kinds of things, Steve, that's a little outside of what we think would be prudent sometimes. So, um, But you were just talking about how one of the first things an investor can do is, and what we do is focus on investment vehicles that by nature are inherently tax efficient. That's correct. Right? And then the way you manage your investments, you have control 
and there are things that you can do to keep the tax burden low, like holding your positions from instead of selling them at gains at, over very short periods of time, you can hold them to be a long-term gain, which is how long, Steve, do you need to hold it? Uh, one year. One year. But, I mean, you're better off holding it as long as possible. As long as be, Because that applies another um, another element there, which is the deferral of taxes. The longer you can defer the magic of compounding, um, as Einstein at least is quoted as saying that compounding is one of the wonders of the world, um, it, it allows you to grow your wealth upon wealth that you've already got. As you, yeah. yeah, that's correct. So I think um, having your holding periods as long as possible is one of the primary um, methods of, of tax management. I think we might have skipped over um, one just because it probably seems so obvious to us, but uh, probably the most important thing an investor can do is make sure to hold as much as their assets in tax preferential accounts, uh, right. 401k, IRA, Roth IRA, 403b. Um, that's that's the biggest way to save money on taxes with your investments. Definitely want to take advantage of the vehicles that are available to you. So for a Roth, it's one of the one of the very few gifts given by the legislature. In, in that, you can put up to five thousand right now if you're fifty or, or younger. Um, if you meet the income limitations, you know there are there is a cap on income for the contributions of that. They're doing some unique unique things here. Um, in or in, in it th- this year and uh, maybe even next year, but I think it's this year where you can convert. Um, Ethan's our financial planning specialist, and we'll talk about that when he mm-hmm. next week a little bit more. But it's definitely something you can put a little bit of a catch-up contribution in if you're old. I think you can put an extra five hundred or thousand dollars into extra it. Thousand dollars, thousand dollars, and you 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 can that money can grow to any amount, and it's going to be completely tax-free when you withdraw it. Yeah, so that's that's a good giveaway. You you can't let that pass you by. So that brings up another um, discussion, Steve, which is this idea of, of placement, asset placement, putting certain types of securities uh, in different types of accounts. So if you have a regular taxable account and then you have a traditional IRA account, or, or which is still taxable, but it's tax-deferred, you get a tax deduction, or you didn't, but you'll, you'll get tax-deferred growth. Um, and then you'll be taxed at your ordinary income rate when you retire and begin to withdraw off those accounts. Should anyone consider um, the types of investment vehicles they're putting into these accounts, Steve? Uh, most definitely. So for people who are prudent enough to put their savings in one of these tax-deferred or tax, uh, tax-free accounts, um, it's it's a great opportunity to take advantage of putting the right types of investments in the different accounts. And um, now there are a lot of different retirement accounts, um, from you know, simple IRAs to solo 401ks. But uh, when you're thinking about asset placement, there are basically three types of accounts. There are taxable accounts, which is like your individual, your brokerage account. There are tax-deferred accounts where maybe you got a tax deduction when you invested in the account and it grows tax-free, but when you withdraw the account, that's when you pay your income tax. Mm-hmm. And then there is a, the tax-free account, like a, a Roth, where um, when you withdraw the accounts, uh, you don't pay any taxes. So each of those three accounts, three types of accounts are unique, and based on those um, is how you'll want to decide which investments to um, place in each account. So in the, uh, in the article here, they talk about putting, putting your high-dividend-paying stocks and uh, bonds, taxable bonds, in, in your IRA account. Which, which makes perfect sense. Um, I think the magazine got it right. Uh, 
when bonds, taxable bonds now and in the future, you pay ordinary income on any interest you earn. Uh huh. Um, so if it's in a taxable account, you're going to be paying your ordinary income rate. Um, if you put it in a tax-deferred account, um, when you withdraw that money, you're paying the ordinary income rate as well. So there's there's no benefit to having that in a in a taxable account. And that's in contrast with something like stocks, where they grow in a um, taxable account, you have the opportunity of paying a lower capital gains rate, uh, whereas if they grow in a tax-deferred account, you're paying your ordinary income rate, which is higher no matter what. And I've always thought, see, we, you know, we've worked with a lot of clients, and um, each client situation is somewhat unique in what their goals and objectives are for their assets, and also their asset allocation. So clients have different ranges of stocks to bonds. Those affect what you can actually do, right, between these accounts. That's correct. If you're 100% equity, you're a young investor, um, you obviously don't have the option of placing your bonds in your tax Right, account. and you certainly don't want to just buy bonds. And, <laughs> just because you want to put told them, you on the radio. Right. So it it kind of leads into, the, in the article here, that one of the things that I think they got wrong is they talk about get income from master limited partnerships. Oh, boy. Um, owning... Uh, mostly energy pipelines, um, it says they're likely to get better treatment than bond income or dividends. And the problem with a statement like that, it, it, somebody reads that and thinks, well, that's what I should do because <laughs> uh, I'm in a high tax bracket. Mm-hmm. And so maybe I should sell my bonds, my treasury bonds, <laughs> and buy limited partnerships, right, in, in energy pipelines. Well, that's letting the tax wag the tax tail wag the dog if 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 i've ever seen it because those are completely different types of risks mm-hmm. that a person would take mm-hmm. um, a bond if it's used appropriately in a portfolio should be the conservative portion of the of the portfolio um, and that is meant to be there when your growth assets are declining or go th- are very volatile or they have a chance of you know you're involved in things that can go down significantly or lose money the bonds are supposed to be the cushion and or the income generators, depending on you know, what, what your objectives are. So to say that a good substitute for a bond is a limited partnership that's engaged in pipeline drilling mm-hmm. is, is an absurd and, and uh, ridiculous statement. <laughs> uh, something that I, you know, does come from typically from an active, what we would call tradition of active, and this is uh, the statement was from the head of wealth planning at investment strategies at UBS. Well, I don't know if UBS happens to be selling these limited partnerships, but (laughs) I'm assuming they do, Mm. um, which breaks another rule that we would always say is don't get involved in with an advisor who's who's actually benefiting or their company is from the products that they're putting you into. Well, I'm sure that UBS can predict exactly which oil pipelines are going to do well and which ones aren't. Potentially, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure they can, Steve. Um, Clearly, we're kidding, but. (laughs) Just be very careful. You don't want to wind up doing things um, simply because they present some what are perceived to be tax benefits. I think a lot of wealthy people, actually, Steve, get get wind up getting taken down a uh, you know a path um, that winds up into the path to, to doom here because they they were sold something because of tax advantages. And I see this a lot in the insurance mm-hmm. side of things. People mm-hmm. are sold these insurance products because they're They've maxed out their, you know, their uh, IRA capacity, um, their qualified plans. And so they wind up getting sold an insurance product because of the tax deferral and loans and things. And and they forget that, well, geez, these products, when I've torn them apart for clients at different times, 
they're usually being sold to them, first of all, by an insurance guy who stands to, c- to collect a huge commission mm-hmm. off the deal. Um, so he's not really coming at it from an objective perspective. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I tear it apart, the returns that any any benefits that I've seen on, in, in the cases that I've looked at where this has been the issue um, get, get eaten up. Any of the tax preferential treatment gets eaten up in the fact that the returns are extremely low and the expenses inside of these things are really high. Mm-hmm. So you got to be very careful and keep a focus on the big picture of what you're trying to do. I think sometimes people just hate paying taxes so much that they'll, they'll do anything to, to avoid it. Yeah. Um, but is it really better to, to pay your local insurance agent a huge commission in order to avoid some taxes? No. So these things about master partnerships and some of these complicated insurance products and other strategies that I've seen – you know, you've just got to take a step back and make sure that you've got someone who really understands these things, who's not being paid a commission to sell them to you. That's giving you some advice. Get a second party opinion. Um, and again, you feel free to give us a call, one eight hundred two five four zero three nine eight. And if you if you're coming across any of these things, we'd be happy to talk about them on the show. Uh, shoot us an email, contact at empiradio.com as well. So, Steve, let's let's take this further on this tax situation. Um, some of the things you, you mentioned that the vehicles that you can utilize, you have mutual funds, right? You've got uh, managed accounts, you've got ETFs. Um, we're going to have to take a break here in a few seconds. I thought maybe when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about some of these vehicles. And uh, and then I want to talk a little bit about some of the tax loss harvesting strategies and gifting strategies and such. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Uh, We're talking about some great ways to save money on taxes. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. Never be satisfied. Let that be a lesson you take away from Double Time with Double D, featuring businessman and former NFL star Dave Duerson. We'll talk about the NFL with special focuses on the game itself, and Double D will take your calls and answer your emails live on the show. It's not Football 101, but rather an in-depth look in the locker room, on the field, away from the field, and opening up the mind of the player. The program will also feature positive messages. So tune in to Double Time with Double D, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
There's a course offered on 7th Wave Network that you never saw offered in college. One that provides information on how to transform ancient wisdom teachings into everyday life. You'll learn how to create from your spirit and explore the world with all of your senses. Participation is encouraged. Enroll in Spirituality 101, the course you can't afford to miss with your host, Reverend Norma. Class is in session every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time, in your favorite classroom, 7th Wave Network. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. All right, Steve, we're back. Taking the place of Ethan today. Yep. Those are big shoes to fill, I guess, <laughs> but someone's got to do it. I'm a size 12, so. Oh, good, good. That ought to work. Uh, okay, Steve, we're talking about taxes and ways that our client, our investors, listeners, and our clients uh, can save on, on, on taxes. Um, so I want to get back to something before we took the break uh, with regard to the account placement idea that, hey, I'm an investor – I've got a Roth account, I've got a traditional IRA, and I've got just a regular investment account that I'm trying to save towards my various goals on. And maybe you have a college, you're saving for college. And, mm. you know, we can talk about that, but there are other vehicles like a 529 that have some really nice tax treatment in them. But let's just stick for the simplicity of our discussion here, Steve, with those three vehicles. Okay. So talk a little bit about, well, what kinds of investments might be better um, better suited for each of those types of accounts. So we already mentioned bonds should go in a tax-deferred account. That's that's um, probably the most obvious asset location strategy. Um, but in Taxable terms of, bonds, you mean, not municipal bonds. Yeah, municipal bonds, no. Taxable tax bonds, yes. Um, I mentioned that, Steve, because um, we were talking about some of the insurance products and things that annoy me. Um, people get sold because with the idea of the tax guys. Another thing that really has annoyed me over the years is when I find these um, annuities inside of an IRA account. Yeah, it's pretty egregious. If yeah. you have a tax advantage product, it should go in a taxable account. Oops. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. <laughs> wrong wrong sound. <laughs> I didn't get the connection there. <laughs> uh, I was looking for the booing, not the... Uh, oh, here it is. Hold on a second. <laughs> yeah. I mean, guys who are out there putting people in annuity, uh, variable annuities, tax deferred with Okay, that's that's enough. Steve. With you know what I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's really really egregious, and uh, I think something should be done there. But uh, so be careful about that. And so the bonds we're talking about are the fixed income, are taxable, tend to be your corporate and treasury type bonds. Exactly. Yeah. And um, but with a tax free account, uh, like a Roth IRA account, um, you probably actually want to put some some high growth assets like stocks in there because. Um, that's just a really good opportunity to save on taxes, and you're going to save more on taxes if your account is growing to a bigger size. So um, stocks are good. Um, even like uh, tax-inefficient asset classes like REITs or um, international emerging stocks are, are good to put in the Roth IRA. 
Now, Steve, I, I, you know, we, we talk about that because in this in this article, I think there's another little issue that I have with one of the things you're saying, which is this idea of high dividend paying stocks. Um, we we don't we don't go out and target high dividend paying stocks. Not directly, no. So to, it kind of goes back to my what what I was saying about the master partnerships. I'm buying a bunch of high dividend stocks to put in a, an account because there's a tax benefit doesn't make any sense when it doesn't make sense to just buy high dividend stocks. No, you sh- you should design your asset allocation first, your tax strategy second. So when we're talking about uh, you know stocks inside of a Roth as an example, aggressive um, asset classes. You know, it's building something that's extremely diversified still, right? Mm-hmm. Remains diversified in your Roth that gives you the, a great likelihood or a very high likelihood over a, a long period of time of growing to a large number or large value, right? Not but trying to buy or speculate um, on a f- handful of stocks. So you're talking about entire asset classes. Exactly. Yeah. So when I say REITs or international REITs, I'm talking about a diversified fund that owns hundreds of these things. Okay. And and it should be in the context of your total portfolio allocation. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for example, you know, if you had a Roth and it had a, a, a large amount of your wealth savings to date, you know, it doesn't mean you go out and just buy all, all international REITs or emerging <laughs> markets because I have a Roth and that's what goes in Roths, mm-hmm. right? You want to you wanna still have a diversified portfolio, and again, this comes to not letting these tax ideas rule the world in terms of what you're what you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. Continue on, Steve. You're on a roll. Um, okay. So with regards to asset allocation, I yeah. think we covered the the taxable accounts. I mean, the the tax deferred accounts and the tax free accounts. Okay. And um, taxable accounts. Um, now, this is again to emphasize what Ken's saying. This is after you design your asset allocation and you're deciding which what to put where, um, but. Uh, U.S. stocks are good to put in a taxable account, um, and one one reason I say that is that um, they they can be one of the most tax efficient asset classes, especially when you combine it with a, a tax loss harvesting strategy. All right. Um, and for those who aren't familiar with what that is, it's basically um, stocks obviously go up and down, and um, sometimes they go down before they go up, and in in that case, um, when you if you say your stocks go down twenty percent. Uh, there's a way in order to, to capture that 20% loss and to have that loss on the books uh, to use to offset future gains. Um, and uh, what what that is, is it's called a, a tax tax loss harvesting or a tax swap. And you basically sell whatever has gone down and you buy something that is similar but not identical. The IRS won't let you buy something that's identical. You can't um, sell Microsoft and then buy Microsoft back. That's correct. As an example. Yes. But if you have a prudent, diversified, passive strategy, what you can do is sell one fund and buy another fund that tracks um, um, the same asset class, maybe with a different index, so that's not identical. Um, and so uh, that, that's what's the benefit of having um, asset classes like stocks in your, in your taxable account, is it allows you to capture these losses when stuff happens to go down, which unfortunately um, stocks do from time to time. And um, keep those losses on the books to offset any gains. So, say you need to um, sell some stocks in, in a couple of years for um, to pay pay the bills. Um, rather than paying taxes on those gains, you can just use those losses to offset those taxes. Right. So it's it's a huge advantage that that investors who are engaging in the type of portfolio 
strategies that we use in empirical have over the traditional, what we call a kind of traditional active approach of just randomly picking stocks mm-hmm. or rotating around sectors of, of market hoping to accomplish some some high return mm-hmm. with very little probability of doing so uh, because it, it is really more of a scientific approach to, to investing. Mm-hmm. And what it enables you to do then is to really pick off these, op- these tax opportunities and convert short-term, you know, when you have the... Uh, market goes down significantly, particularly if you just recently deployed cash into the market, you're able to sell something, um, capture the loss, and take at least a portion under current tax laws off your ordinary income tax rate, carry the other portion forward indefinitely into the future on your tax return. Mm -hmm. So when you do need to realize some gains down in the future, you've got a pool. Now, we've had numerous clients that have actually owned, owned personal real estate, or other capital assets, businesses and such, that through the market downturn um, that we had recently here, we were able to do a lot of tax loss harvesting on capital that was you know, reason, recently deployed into these into our equity port- portions of the portfolio in a taxable account, harvest those losses while, as you mentioned, continuing to have exposure to the market so we talked about, on, I think, last week on a show that some of these globally diversified equity portfolios, simply using vehicles that are very, very diversified, are up, you know, from the March 9th bottom of the market, are up close to 100%. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal rebound. So it's important that you don't swap out or get out mm-hmm. and stay on the market while you're waiting to capture the loss, right? That's yes, the part that's of, yeah. hey, I own a, an, an index fund, as an example, that owns 750 large U.S. stocks. Mm-hmm. I can trade that to for another index fund that owns a thousand large cap stocks. Mm-hmm. They're not identical, as in a, so market goes down forty percent. I sell, hold that loss, but I at the same time immediately buying the replacement fund. Yeah, I think that's a, a mistake a lot of people make is right. they'll they'll sell something for the loss and then um, the IRS will let you buy that exact same security in thirty days. Yeah, but the stock market could be up ten, twenty, thirty percent in that thirty days. Um, right. So you don't want to sit there waiting. You know, I'm going to sell this, and you want to make sure you have the the proper exposure, and you want to make sure that the substitutes that you're using for, each, for one fund for another are the right substitutes. Um, and you may need to hold that fund, so you want to make sure it's good. It's because that when the market does rebound, a lot of times it's very quickly, and so you'd have to sell that fund in 30 days at a huge short-term gain. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that you're prepared to hold that fund for a while. Yes. So that's why it needs to be a good, you know, substitute one for the other. And Steve, there was something else I was thinking about um, with rela- related to this, the uh, this whole tax harvesting strategy, and it was that if you are in a taxable account the way that the estate laws were previously, when a, if you have a husband and a wife, for example, and um, one of them passes away in a community property state, uh, the surviving spouse would get a step up in the cost basis of the securities. So if you did have equities in your taxable account, and you've been engaging in tax loss harvesting as an example, so mm-hmm. you ac- actually were buying, in this recent case, you were selling as the market was declining through 2008, and the first half, first quarter of 2009, and as it bottomed and now the market's recovering, you've got some, you've got some equity positions there, stock assets that have very low cost basis. And so imagine going out, 
you know, if, if this, these portfolios have recovered 100% from the bottom, now imagine it's reasonably well for another 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll have some securities that have really low cost basis. What, what would happen, and again, this is what was able to be done in the past, we'll have to see what happens with the state rules, is that you could have a spouse, they would get a full step up. So if, if the, the, one of the funds in your portfolio, maybe the basis, you, you know, the purchase price shown was $10,000, and now it's worth $100,000, um, that would, if you sold it, you'd recognize a gain of $90,000, but if you got the step up, it's, the surviving spouse would get a step up all the way to the 100000 So she could he or she could then sell it with no tax consequence. That's a huge thing. You can't do that in an IRA account. Mm-hmm. Steve, this is exciting stuff. I know you're loving it. we got to take a small break, and we'll come back to the last segment. Talk a little more about this whole tax situation. We'll be right back. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor, or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. Spin it with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin it old school, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck. A no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Holistic living is nutrition for not just your body, but your mind and your soul. Holistic nutrition goes far beyond the foods that we eat or the supplements that we take. Discover natural means to heal your body and regain your innate healing powers. That's Holistic Living with Tina Marie Jones on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Tune in for your weekly dose of good holistic living. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. 
To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. All right, actually, that's Ken and Steve. Steve, welcome back. Thanks, Ken. We're in the last segment here, so we may have to talk fast. we got a lot of juicy information we want to get out. Okay, go. But uh, before we do that, I want to remind our listeners we are offering a free financial checkup, as we call it. Um, So if you want to give us a contact here at the firm to take advantage of that, we'll take a look at your current retirement plan. Um, when I say that, what, what you're doing, you know, do you have a, a plan? Do you know how much money you need to retire to get you where you want to be? And uh, we'll take a look. You can get a second pair of eyes on what kind of investments you're using to get there. I'm almost pretty confident that we're going to find something that you can make an improvement on. And there's not going to be any high-pressure obligation to work with us. It's just something we want to offer to do. Mm-hmm. So, Again, you can reach us here at the firm at 1-800-923-4307. That's the number directly at Empirical Wealth Management. And also, Steve, I don't know if we talked about it. Ethan usually does on the show. We're looking to connect with financial advisors out there all over the country uh, because we want to change the way advice gets delivered in this industry, and we want to do it everywhere. So if you're a financial advisor out there, um, whatever your situation is, you're working independently, you're working with a, a bank, a brokerage firm, and you're looking for a firm that wants to put clients first and work in a fee-only capacity, take a very scientific um, and prudent approach to developing investment recommendations and financial planning. That's what we do, and we provide you with all the tools and the training that you need to do that. So give us a call. All right, Steve, now let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) We were talking about uh, the tax situation. We're coming to the end of the year, and so it's a very – Relevant time to talk about this. So a couple of things we haven't hit on yet in the show are uh, that I want to hit on is the the vehicles you talked about. So I want you to define a little bit of the difference between a, an ETF and just a regular mutual fund. And before we do that, uh, also then I want to talk a little bit about charitable giving as we come to the end of the year and this idea of the uh, avoiding a taxable distribution on a fund if you're looking to invest cash right now things that you need to be aware of right now to protect or help you save. Okay, Steve. Okay, so I think we first start talking about mutual funds. Um, and it's, like you mentioned, it's a very timely conversation because we're getting to um, distribution season, which is normally towards the end of the year. And what that means is um, investors in a mutual fund um, are going to have to pay taxes on any gains that were created in that fund. So this is um, especially important for people investing in active funds that trade a lot um, if you're a mutual fund manager, sold a stock at a gain, and those all those gains um, add up to more than the losses do, uh, what's going to happen is they're going to pass those gains through to you as the investor. So um, the mutual fund is going to write you a check for a certain amount, and that's just going to um, that's going to cover your your taxes for for the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And um, one 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 problem with the system though is that say you you buy a mutual fund in um, if you're holding it in December when they send out these capital gains, um, you incur those gains whether or not you earn them. So these gains might have been earned two years ago, um, but if they're getting paid, if you're holding the fund, they're going to pay it out to all shareholders regardless of when they owned it. Um, so that's one inefficiency of the mutual fund system. Um, now, the funds we use, uh, passive index funds, 
trade a lot less and are a lot more efficient. And in general, they um, distribute a lot less gains. Um, but I was actually just looking at the, the gain distributions for this year. And some of them will still pay a, a few percent in gains, depending on um, how the market does in that particular year. Okay. Um, but uh, luckily, um, a little while ago, a new product was created, the Exchange Traded Funds. You might be familiar with them. They're all over the press lately. Um, but uh, this product uh, is probably the most tax-efficient way to invest in stocks. Um, and that's because they, it has a mechanism to get rid of these um, these capital gains. And the way that works is um, exchange-traded funds are constantly being uh, created and redeemed. And what that means is uh, uh, certain people are um, trading – Usually, it's usually big big brokers or uh, investment banks are trading um, the stocks that are composed of the, the ETF with um, the ETF manager and getting shares in return or the reverse. And um, so basically, all you have to know is uh, the ETF manager has a mechanism to get rid of high cost basis stocks. Steve, let me uh, let me try to. You're saying a lot there. It's pretty complicated stuff. So okay, I'm going to try to dissect this um, for us. You know normal individuals here who are not the level you're at, but um, basically a mutual fund is is a group, is, is, a, is a structure that's put together so a lot of investors can pool money together to save money on transaction costs. So you're going to have thousands of investors in one mutual fund, and you own one one-thousandth if you're, if, you know, that's potentially what you, you share. And when it's a regular, op- what we call an open-ended mutual fund that trades once a day at the end of the day, kind of a traditional uh, if you buy the Vanguard Wellington Fund as an example, mm-hmm. um, you know your your money is pooled in with those other investors, and so when their people are coming in and out, they're buying and selling stocks. They're not handing someone stocks, and they're not necessarily creating new units of the fund. But an e- an exchange traded fund trades like a stock it, because of its legal structure. It um, it actually trades. You know, one investor wants to buy it, another one wants to sell. The manager doesn't necessarily have to sell or buy stocks in that fund, right? Mm-hmm. The third-party investors are trading between themselves. They're trading all day long, mm-hmm. and the market's kind of setting what the value is in there. Yes. Furthermore, if there, for whatever reason, there were more um, bu- buyers or more sellers than what the market is really able to bear, um, the the fund provider can then decide to, if somebody wanted to sell larger quantities of their fund, they could decide to distribute it in sh- shares of stock, right? Uh, exactly to the to the market maker or and whoever. so yeah so yeah. definitely it won't be the individual investor who they're distributing shares with but there's um what's called authorized participants which are these big brokers um, that have a special relationship with the etf manager and they're able to basically create shares out of thin air or make shares disappear and the end result if you're listening here the end result is they just tend to distribute taxes less Less taxes. That's what you need to know. Yeah. Almost okay. uh, almost zero for mainstream ETFs, which guarantee you're not going to get a taxable distribution. And kind of like what we were saying before, it doesn't mean you only restrict yourself to ETFs. There are very valid reasons why you would expand your, your choice universe to include regular mutual funds that are hopefully more passively managed or very tax efficient, not, not funds that are trading constantly. Um, they call that turnover in the industry, where they're constantly turning the portfolio. And, you know, SEC requires uh, funds now to, for the last few years, actually, to report after-tax returns along with the pre-tax returns. Mm-hmm. So we're running out of time here, Steve. I want to hit a couple quick things in the last minute. 
So one is just be aware of those types of funds. If you're buying mutual funds towards the end of the year, keep your eye on what the distributions are going to be. If you're holding funds that you don't have a gain on, maybe even have a loss, consider looking at those to uh, sell them before they make their taxable distribution, something we do in our client accounts, and we'll Mm -hmm. be doing for the next couple of months here. Um, If you have uh, securities and you want to make a charitable gift, um, and rather than making a cash gift, consider giving some security that you have a very low basis, so you've been reluctant to to sell and recognize the gain on, uh, consider and speak to your tax advisor about potentially giving that security to the charity directly. We're running out of time for today's show. We'll, we'll be back next week, and we'll have some more exciting information for you. Again, if I'd like to invite you, if you're listening, to uh, contact us for the free portfolio checkup. And if you're an um, advisor, give us a call if you're looking to connect with Empirical Wealth Management, uh, 1-800-923-4307. This is Ken Smith, Steve Gouchard. We'll see you next week. We hope you've enjoyed Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and Ethan Broga. Please join us again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll see you next week. The advice given on this show is for informational purposes only. It is not intended as investment advice. Please consult a financial advisor before undertaking any investment decisions. While the show's producers have tried to provide accurate and timely information and have relied on sources they believe to be reliable, the show may include inadvertent technical or factual inaccuracies. Ken Smith and Ethan Broga do not warrant the accuracy or completeness of the materials provided and expressly disclaim any warranties or merchantability or fitness for a particular purpose. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.